Right. Yeah. Dude, so many side hustles going on. Is that what... Did you get a lot of comments on people wanting to do a side hustle now? Did you get a lot of investors? No, I didn't, but I did hear people using the term more, and then it was like one of those things. It's like my Tacoma. It's like I bought a cement silver Tacoma, and then I go, oh, I just see them everywhere now. Is it because mm-hmm. I drive one? Is it because I mentioned side Well, I can tell you this, dude. We talked about trying to transition. I'm trying to transition into extra large clothes from large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, XL? Yeah, this is an XL. Oh, interesting. You know what's funny is when I got out today, I go, oh, Marshall looks different today. What is it? I didn't recognize that's what it is. Oh, yeah? It's do, the XL. Do I look thinner? Or do do, I, just... I think you do, yeah. Yeah, kind of, huh? Yeah. Feel, do you feel better about it or do you, do, you, do you hate the looseness? I don't know. I'm getting used to I have four shirts right now that are XLs. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you. Every single person that like knows me has said something mm. about it. People that listen to the podcast are definitely like on it. They're like, "Oh, is that an XL? Is that an XL?" Mm. Like, uh, okay, dude, I wish you didn't know that. But the uh, but the people that just know me and don't listen to the podcast, um, they're they're like, "Oh, that's that's a new shirt, isn't it?" I'm like, yeah. But what are you trying to say? It's one of those transition things. Though. It's like when you get a haircut. It's like, "Oh, your haircut looks good." It's like, "Oh, you got a haircut." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like it takes time though, you know, like with any change, like you have to give it a little while before you can make a firm, like this is for me or not for me. Right. Well, that's because I'm still transitioning. I I have a bunch of larges. Right. But now like I put one on the other day and I was like, this, this isn't, this is not right. A large. Yeah. 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 It was like on the smaller side of that's the weird point is when you're in the middle of the transition and you're like the largest don't feel right, but the XLs don't feel like home anymore. You're Mm -hmm. just like, what do I do? I don't know where to go. It's from weird. Do you think people give it that much thought? I don't are know. We, am, am I a weird? I feel like I do and you do, and that's not probably just coincidence. This is this is how like because I like clothes. I like to look good. I think. Mm-hmm. And we were at uh, Dennis's house the other day, and they give me a. They're like, "Oh, you left this shirt here," and I go, "Well, how do you know it's mine?" And I'm like, "Well, it's a V-neck." I don't. I, don't. I was like, "I don't need V-necks," and <laughs> you're the only person I know that has a V-neck. And I go, "Cool." And then I I hold it up, and then she like goes. That's a Walmart brand. That's not Marshalls. <laughs> and uh, I go, oh, that's it's funny how well you guys know me in my shirts. Right. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like odd. I'm a little bit picky about specific things, and I think shirts are one of them. I'm realizing. I would have never said that before, but my wife has pointed out to me multiple times. She's like, I would just buy you shirts because, like, I like new T-shirts. I like when they're new. Mm-hmm. And when they get old, I'm like, oh, I hate wearing these. But she's like, I don't, but I never go buy them because it's just, it's out of my way. And I'm like, I hate going in stores. And she goes, I would buy you some, but you're super picky about them. And I was like, am I picky about them? I, oh man, I'm going to totally uh, bus roll somebody. I know I won't say their name, but uh, they'll know when I talk about mm-hmm. it. But do you, when you, do you wash and dry your clothes mm-hmm. in the dryer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I go over to our friend's house the other day and it was a little cold out and I was like, Hey, can I have a sweatshirt or something like they gave it to me and I, was, I put it on and I go oh this is not not soft it's like it's kind of crusty <laughs> and they're like well we don't we don't dry our sh- our sweatshirts because then they start to wear out we just hang dry them it's like mm. oh that's awful mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then I go hey Eli feel this and he goes oh you know and he <laughs> kind of made a comment too and Anyway, they're like, well, but it, they wear out. And I go, yeah, but they're soft. You want right. a sweatshirt that's soft. You don't want it. I mean, I don't care that the clothes only have a certain shelf life. So right. just get used to it. Like, because I've good, done that where I go, oh my gosh, I love these jeans so much. I want them to last as long mm-hmm. as possible. And they really don't last that much longer when you take all those precautions. No. People have told me like. But, um, but they texted me today and said, hey, you'll be happy to know 
the uh, I, I'm drying I'm drying my sweatshirts. We'll see how they turn out. I'm a little nervous about it. Oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, the worst is when they not just air dry them, but outside air dry them. Have you ever oh, felt yeah. that sun beaten? They're just like well, you know, in Africa, where my brother in law was living for 12 years, they would have to air dry their stuff, but then they'd have to put them in a dryer to kill certain but insects that would live in them and you can mm. get what's called mango worm hmm. and it's like a worm that is like inside your body it's like awful to get if you ever want to youtube and a, a gross thing youtube that and it's it's bad you know i was talking to somebody recently about thank god we can just dry our clothes yeah i don't this, i don't country. take it for granted i just I'll, I'll dry everything i mean even in hair dry hair dry but go ahead sorry i was talking to somebody recently about parasites and this person was telling me uh that, oh, did you know everyone has parasites and you don't even know it? And she I've was, heard things like that. She was telling me this long-winded story that I was like, I don't believe any of this. But I have heard that specifically Bra- the country Brazil, a large portion of their country, populist rather, does have a specific um, parasite that lives, that breeds from cats. And they have a lot of like wild cats over there, like uh, feral cats basically. And there's really, you're pretty asymptomatic except for a few specific things. And they say one of the things is over time you become more prone to taking risk, which is they blame a lot of negative things in the Brazilian society on the fact that like some ungodly amount of their populace has this. Was that provable? I is this like, like a conspiracy theory thing, or is this like a? Real it is thing? a little bit. It is a little bit of a conspiracy. Oh, okay, so this is you don't. But know. I could probably come back. No, no. It, the the person who was no, saying no. It was, was a reputable like physician who was studied in this field, and he was saying it like it was fact. But I don't know who he was enough to go. I vouch for him. But he, he had some interesting stuff, dude. If that's a real thing, isn't that something like government could mess with, and and like put that in soldiers? Yeah. I mean, if you wanted them to, if they're like, no, I'm too nervous about it or start, I don't know, uh, putting it in some sort of drug and then giving it to people who have anxiety, you know, who are afraid to go out of the house and be like, well, here, now you're a little bit more risky. You can leave the house now. It's like the joke now is like all these, um, conservative Instagram pages or social media pages are like, oh, all the conspiracy theories theories are turning out to be true. Basically Mm -hmm. like every conspiracy theory you ever thought of is probably true. Yeah. It becomes less far fetched to believe a lot of them. And I even am a little bit of victim of that where I go, yeah, like my best defense against a lot of conspiracy theories is like, well, why would the government take the time to do that? And I go, why wouldn't they do that? Like any of this stuff, there's, there's, they have so much to gain through like mass manipulation. Like even to some degree, I know we're getting off on the conspiracy thing. No, because I, I, I have a question that I think this will tie into not conspiracy theory, Sure. Thursday or whatever rhymes with conspiracy theory, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but it's uh, it, it, I do have a question and, and it, that I'm going to go down, and I think it's going down the path you're going. Speaking of America, I have one of these Budweiser. Ooh, nice America. That sounded like an eagle calling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest one though that was that I was really forced to grapple with was coronavirus itself, or when it was like brought out there's like this is a government conspiracy, and I was like, you know, your instant reaction is no, this is a real sickness. But as time went on, more things made sense where I was like, was this all just like a convoluted effort orchestrated to get Donald Trump out of office or? Well, would you feel, would you feel that way if it was a democratic president? What, what do you mean? Like, would you feel like it was a conspiracy theory if there was a Democrat in office and this happened? Less so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably less so. But it seemed like, I think because of 
the political climate we were in, mm-hmm. it did seem like they were trying everything to get him out of office. And this was like, well, we could try this one now. Well, and even the, like you could argue pretty easily now with someone who's not like married to a political ideology that a lot of the legislation that's been put forth in the last couple of years from the democratic party doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of it is just flat out anti-scientific. And so I go, "Mm, I wouldn't believe it as much if it was like to oust a democratic president, but I would believe it to oust a Republican president because I've seen enough weird things over the last year, year and a half from the democratic party that I go, that doesn't make any sense Mm. that I go, I think I believe it now. But that's one big one. That's the that's probably the biggest conspiracy theory that I go, yeah, I think that I could believe that the coronavirus was somehow like a, tampered with by do the you, government. Do you think the Clintons are a, like a mafia? Like they're just... A little bad. bit, yeah. Yeah. There's some things that are just too... One of the most hilarious things to me about that was uh, Tom McDonald. You know Tom McDonald? No. That's... Yes, you do. He was on Saturday Night Live. He did a movie called Dirty Work. He's he did Weekend Update on Saturday Night oh, Norm Live. Norm McDonald? Oh, did I say Tom? Yeah, Tom. Sorry, this Norm is McDonald. Why. This is just say the right name. Well, Tom McDonald's a rapper, so still a person. Okay, um, but just yes. way less known. Well, okay, that's Truth. true. True. Okay, Norm McDonald. You know who that is? Yeah. Okay, he has his own like show now. I think, um, but anyway, he was on The View one time and. They asked him a question, and he said something like, oh, yeah, because the Clintons are murderers or something. And they all kind of buckled up, and they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought that was, like, just common knowledge. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was factual. Like, everybody already knew that. And right. the way he just goes through it was amazing because he's just straight-faced. You can tell he really believes it. Yeah. And then everyone in the view was like, oh, this – you can't say this. Like it's this. like um, Bill Burr, who's a comedian as well. He – Oh, he's hilarious. He doesn't really come out as like one ideology or the other or one voting party or the other, but you kind of just know. No, he just looks, he's just kind of observatory and says, yeah. uh, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, he just kind of calls a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it ends up sounding like he's right wing. Yeah, well, he did, he opened up for uh, SNL when like a year ago, maybe. Mm. And it was like, it was, it was uncomfortable for the audience absolutely hilarious you should go watch the cold open but the audience is like this is funny are we allowed to laugh though because we're kind of woke so i I, think we're allowed to laugh it's like the most woke show on television it was like when um kanye west came out remember and he was like they're bullying me in the back because he wore like a maga hat (laughs) yeah that gave you a sense of the culture another conspiracy theory that i've been sort of funny that you're i don't think it's conspiracy theory thursday and you're already on i know i just i've just been picking up on these little conspiracy theories that i go i'm starting to kind of almost believe it one of which is that i was listening to uh, a podcast by a guy named lex friedman who i've been listening a lot to he's an mit engineer he's a russian immigrant super smart guy interesting podcast um and he was interviewing a guy who was a drug smuggler for the Mexican cartel back in like the 80s and early 90s. Um, who's, I can't never remember the guy's name. El Chapo. Yeah, El Chapo. And he, so he's telling all these it's stories. pretty awesome that I knew that, by the way. That's great, dude. Just very casual, too. El Chapo. <sighs> yeah. But one of the things that he said that I found interesting was he, and he was like this just hillbilly dude from like Arkansas. He, he seemed very like, just he didn't have an angle i didn't feel like and he was old and he was just very like kind and quiet but he was saying that he believes that the us government 
introduced crack cocaine into America. Oh, I've heard things like that, yeah. Yeah, and he said it in a very nonchalant way, but I go, that backs up. And he was thick in the cocaine game back in the 80s, and he knew a lot of the inside stuff. And he, so the conspiracy theory being that, like, they introduced it. I don't really know why they would, but I've heard that from multiple sources that mm-hmm. the U.S. government introduced crack cocaine into America and basically created, like, an epidemic. Hmm. I don't know why they would do it, though. I mean, the, what's that uh, movie with Tom Cruise? And he's flying cocaine back yeah. and forth, right, for the CIA. Yep. I don't know what they were doing it for, but that's a, based on a true story. I mean, some people believe it's like oppression, but it's like I don't really know why that would to be oppress it. your people. Yeah. So here's a question I want to ask you because you're this economics person, and I've been thinking a lot about it. And then I was watching, man, I was watching a lot of weird stuff lately on YouTube and just kind of where China's at, some things on Africa. Some things on Canada. We have all these wildfires. They will all tie together. Don't worry. We have all these wildfires in the United States. And then they were saying, well, in the in the Northwest, I guess, in California and, and Oregon, we have a lot of wildfires, right? And they're like, we have these every year. Is this just something we have now? And then we're just burning up money, right? Mm-hmm. We're just burning money because we don't, what do they call that? Uh, groom our forests. We yeah. don't like, uh, you know clean up the debris and all that. We just let them go and we don't have a, we don't really have a forest service anymore. I think 60% of our lumber comes from, you know, which country? China. No, it's a long ways away. Canada. Hmm. So 60% of our lumber comes from Canada and you go, wait, we could be putting people to work with, you know, wood, Mm -hmm. wood mills or whatever they call them. You call them wood mills? Yeah, probably wood mills. Wood mills. It doesn't sound lumber. Lumber mill. Lumber mills. That sounds better. (laughs) I think either would pass. I don't think so. Wood mill doesn't sound right. Woodmill. It's too close to windmill. Sounds old-timey. Woodmill. I said old-timey the other day, and my son didn't understand what I was saying. Old-timey. Yeah. It's like I'm it's, starting to say old-timey things that people are like, I don't know what that means. Yeah? Like, instead of dating, you're courting? Yeah. I've heard, actually, I've heard that recently. Mm-hmm. Courting. And I was like, I am very comfortable with that. But. <laughs> I told my kids, that's what I'm going to start calling it. Oh, are you courting my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, what uh, am I getting into? Anyway... So the United States, you said this a while back when we were comparing China and the U.S. The U.S. is in some certain state of economics that you're going to tell me here in a second, I'm sure. And China is in the industrial era, right? Mm -hmm. So if China's in the industrial area, because we had this long debate, you and I, about pollution and Mm -hmm. all that crap, and we're like, China's not following it. You said, well... Yeah, because they're not highly regulated because they're in their industrial area era. And we were in that years ago, wherever, I don't know how many years ago it's been, but Mm -hmm. we were stuck in that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But we got past that and we're at what era, what would you call it now? Mr. Economics. I don't even know. Right. We're we're like a service nation. That sounds lame. That sounds super lame. Come up with something better. (laughs) Let me think about that one. Okay. Come up with something. Come up with something. But then I thought about it. I was like, wait, are we, we're the furthest ahead, right? We're the most developed economy. Yeah. Are we? I would think so. Okay. I can't think of even more advanced and woke than us. Okay. Advanced and woke. I like mm-hmm. how you put both in there. Cause you could argue that Japan's pretty advanced. Yeah. More advanced than us. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they have a specific like advantages, but I don't think they're more wealthy. I don't think they have more resources than us. Yeah. And they don't have a military. So, I mean, and, and if you take like all the different, whatever the, the, the facets are, we're the most advanced, 
Right. So we're literally paving the way. We don't know what is next, but we know that in order to get to this stage that we're at, you have to kind of get through some ugliness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we made it through that ugliness. Now we don't know what the next thing is, but we know that what makes you powerful is being in an industrial era, era, being a producer of products. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what China's doing. And mm-hmm. we are not correct. So is China, is China about to beat us out? Well, they get, it's like, cause I'm going to, I'm going to drop something else on you that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would argue that they are. I think that they have a couple of things that are going to like stifle them, which is that they're not a completely deregulated society. So there's a lot of communism and corruption and things like that. So that will always limit them. And I think in that regard, they're mm-hmm. a lot more, uh, retarded than us, I guess. They're not as advanced. Oh, I think that's the right terminology to use. It is. It just feels wrong in this woke culture yeah. that we live in. Um, it's like you can't say that even if it's applicable. Right, even if it's the right term. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a lot more retarded than us in that specific way. So I feel like one of the things that's leading America down a bad path is we went through that evolution and we're really late in that cycle of evolution. We're possibly later in this evolution than anybody's ever been in terms of like how long we've been free and how long we've had a free market and how long we've had all of this liberty and things like that. And we've had this chance to grow our wealth and our resources exponentially and our quality of life is amazing. And our kids get to be born and expect to be more rich than us. And that's like unheard of. And this has been going on for generations, but that the downside to that is you create a landscape where it's really opportune for government to leech onto that and just start sucking it dry. And that's what we're getting to a point in this late stage, which is We've been a free country for so long with so much liberty and so much wealth and so much production. And now the government's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Government produces nothing. We produce everything. And so we'll only, you can only get so big before the scale tips. Right. It's like you can't, we can't just keep going. That's what worries me. I mean, every superpower has a falling, right? Right. Man, were we born in the wrong era in the United States? I don't know. Because when it comes to economics, sometimes these things take a lot longer than we think. Whereas you and I might be realizing and going, oh crap, the writing's on the wall, like two more years. And it could be another hundred years before it really like got that bad. I don't know. But the thing I'm saying about China is they always have this, um, communist vein through them. So they're, that sucks them down pretty hard. Like, yes, they have some deregulated, um, parts of their economy. And yes, that is it testament to how strong deregulation is as a force because they have become this superpower mostly because the size of their populace and they do have some deregulated sectors, but they're still a communist country and that's going to harm them. They are. Okay. So that that's interesting. The, the other thing that they're doing, because I, your country only has so many resources, right? Mm -hmm. And I just thinking about us logging stuff and going, we have all the resources. We're just not using them. Correct. But Logging is a renewable resource. Steel isn't as renewable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but China, running out of resources, supposedly, by something I read, but they're actually investing in a lot of countries in Africa mm. where the resources are plentiful, and they're literally investing millions slash billions of dollars in infrastructure in certain countries there to gain their... Well, more, uh, what would you call it? Um, more worlds, uh, uh, no, I want to, domination is not the right word, but more of a grip on different sectors in the world. They're just not relying on China 
anymore. They're going, okay, well, if I can control this country by giving them this and they owe us now and they're giving them, they're building like them high velocity trains. They're building them huge infrastructure factories and they're giving them loans with that are, have like low, low interest rates, sometimes none, mm-hmm. knowing that the risk is really high, but we kind of own them as a, as mm-hmm. a country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's interesting. I didn't know that. And I, I could believe it. It seems a little conspiracy theory in terms of like the, like what are their motivations? Well, what are their motivations would be conspiracy theory, but this fact that they're giving them the money right. and loaning them it is not a conspiracy. No, that's true. But I'm just saying like the, as the why I don't, I don't know, but that does make a lot of sense. I wonder, see, I take even a step further and I go, well, when the inevitable economic collapses happen, like if China literally runs itself out of natural resources and is like, oh crap, we don't know how to control this. Of oh, course. I can, I can give you another portion of that. Sure. No. And then same with America. It's like when, what if the dollar does cause this catastrophic collapse? What do we do next? Well, that's where I go. Are we like, and I don't know the years and you're like a hundred years, but are we a couple steps ahead and where, where are we at? We're paving that way. Or when's our collapse? Right. But China's in this industrial area that I remember you telling me about, but then it bolstered a lot of their middle class. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden they had a lot more middle class. Well, what we love best about China in the United States is what? What we love best about China? Yeah. In the United States, in manufacturing, what do we love best about China? Cheap stuff. Cheap labor, right? Yeah. Their labor is the cheapest. Mm-hmm. So that's why we send it all over there. Well, all yeah. of a sudden, when you get, you, excuse me, bolster their economy and you have a lot of people who move to middle class, labor is not cheap anymore. Like labor in the United States isn't cheap. The cheapest you can get it is if you get into a state that has the lowest federal minimum wage that hopefully is around $7 an hour. But if you try to get anything done in the Northwest, you're paying $15 yeah. an hour. So you can't get it cheap even if you wanted to. Right. But China, now that they have that middle class, they're uh, they're outsourcing their labor now to places like Africa. Yeah. Well, that's what has to happen. And this is why it's interesting to watch because they are you know, communist. And so they have a lot more government controls over things. And so if labor gets too expensive, then maybe they can lower that. Although I don't see that happening right now, but but that is kind of the sort of the plight of like the wealthy country is like you get so wealthy that you can start to afford weird problems. Like we start to afford high minimum wage and everybody has to have healthcare and all these environmental regulations. And next thing you know, it costs you not just the building and the labor, but all the permitting to start your business. And it's almost as much as everything else. I mean, we've experienced that to some degree. That is a luxury of being a country that's wealthy as we are. We've been as wealthy and as free for so long that the government has basically crept in and taken over so much. And somebody asked me the other day, like, are we still a free market economy or are we socialist? And I'm like, no, I, I think we're still a free market economy. We're as free as I think there is out there to some degree. I think there are some countries who have pretty wildly free markets. Like I think Singapore has a pretty crazy free market economy. Singapore though is a place that taxes you 50%, don't they? I don't know. I, Singapore is a very wealthy country. I, I, yeah, they're a wealthy country, but I'm pretty sure your business is taxed 50%. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, if you want to buy a car there, it's insanely expensive. Yeah. I think the big, the interesting thing is, is like, how does this all play out in what time frame? Because part of me doesn't want to be here when the end happens or but whatever. But your kids are going to be here. But you kind of want to know too, like, how does this play out? Because now that I'm so aware of it, I go, how is this all going to go? 
I it's just like the I know way- I like I, I think of people who got rich and then like re- like in the nineties and then like are retiring now. I'm like, oh, you had it. You had the right timing. Oh, they really did. Yeah. Or like post World War II, like you come back and just everything's booming and going crazy, and like mm-hmm. you just get to live all of your golden years in this. Does it feel like economy. after World War II, it was always sunny everywhere? Yeah, it does. It's like <laughs> like every video like, and picture you see, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's in the streets. They were all playing. Was it just perfect weather everywhere in the United States? I mean, it seems like one of the last times because you think about Vietnam, which was. What so World War Two and then the Korean War and then Vietnam. Vietnam and Vietnam was like super contested and like I I heard it actually on the Lex Friedman podcast one of the helicopter pilots who flew and did like sixteen months was like an insanely long amount of time and saw a lot of action he was like I came home and basically no one really wanted to even talk to me they asked me did you kill kids over there I mean they were really like berating these soldiers. Like compare that Ouch. to to World War Two when and he was and they were like, like cheering and parades in the streets. And- yeah, it's like it seems like one of the last times this nation was like really together. I mean, you could argue that post nine eleven we kind of came together, but yeah. it didn't take long until we were divided again. Well, we didn't really have the war to go to on that one was tough because I think Bush painted it as we're going to go to war against Iraq mm-hmm. and Osama, uh, not Osama bin Laden, but. Um, Saddam Hussein, yeah. but you're like, okay, I guess he kind of shifted it there, even though we were like, that wasn't really the person who <laughs> yeah. killed all our people, but I guess <laughs> we want a war, so... A little, a little sketchy. Yeah. Well, it's weird, too, to hear that like, we've been in that war for a really long time. I think that's one of our longest wars ever. Well, we've been there. I don't know if it's really a... I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't consider it a war. I don't know. I... The... the podcast- Desert Storm was our, like, last war, and we won that in, like, a couple days. A couple days. Yeah. Oh, that's fast. It was like 12 days, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, we've had like um, fighting over there for a long yeah, time. but we're fighting for their people. We're not fighting for us. True. But I think it's still considered like, well, it's just like the Vietnam War, I guess. They say, I, that, no, it's they tor- say the Vietnam War never ended, really. First of all, the Vietnam War and what we do over in the Middle East is totally different. The Vietnam War, we, are, we were fighting communism for some odd reason. We thought that... They should not be communists, so we need to combat that. I don't know why, but we felt like everybody who's going to be communist, we need to put an end to that, mm-hmm. and we got into that. What we're doing in the Middle East is protecting other people in the Middle East. Like Those countries look to us to go, okay, if we're not there to help them, who's going to help them? Mm-hmm. What's your take on that, though? Because they're, they're getting infiltrated by ISIS and other terrorist organizations, and they don't have other any other country to help them. Don't you hear mixed reviews though about those native people's take on us being there? Like, cause I know some of us go, we're there to help them and they appreciate it. And then others go, no man, they don't want us there. They just want to be left alone. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard that from people who've been there from people who've been there. Yeah. Huh? I've always wondered that because it's like, if I knew that those people didn't want us there to help them, I would be, I mean, I'm not enthusiastic about any wars, but I would be like, I'm a little bit of an isolationist in that way. Like, I don't feel like we should be out policing the entire world. Be like, peace out. Yeah, but the problem is, dude, we are the rescuers of other countries. Mm-hmm. If we go down in flames, who who will who will rise to the occasion? Tell the police. I, I wonder. And when I went to Africa, I went to uh, Rwanda, and they had that big massacre, right? Mm-hmm. That what do, you, what do you call that? Genocide. Yeah. Where the two tribes fought against each other. And I remember people there going, I don't know why the United States didn't step in. 
sooner. Well, it's like North Korea right now. Like North Korea is literally starving, no electricity, no You know healthcare. why we don't step into that one? Why? China. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. China and China. North Korea are allies. And they, they're a, they're a big supporter, like economically. So if we step in, then all of a sudden we've got problems with China. True. That I do believe that is absolutely the case. It's just, it's just interesting how we, it's like we will willingly turn a blind eye to certain, I mean, because I think what's going on in North Korea could be, could be compared to like pretty major atrocity, like Mm -hmm. in terms of millions of people dying on a regular basis. Sure. And I would, I think a lot of those people, when you hear that, they're like, man, I wish the United States would have stepped in. I mean, it happened in Cambodia too. I mean, that was another one you go, well, we, we don't always know until after the fact you look at it and you go, Oh my gosh, what were we mm-hmm. like? How did that happen? How did we let that happen? Mm-hmm. But we didn't know it was that bad. And I, that'll probably come out with North Korea and there's going to be a bunch of people that said, told you so mm-hmm. you being one of them. And there's gonna be a bunch of Americans that said, we didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. There's a, I think, I think she's probably been about five years now, but a lady who escaped from North Korea and super smart, learned the English language in, in adulthood, which I'm sure isn't easy. And she does a podcast now and she talks about it. And the thing she talks about is like, it sounds as bad as anything I've ever heard, like in any history books, as far as like atrocities against humanity and things like that, just as bad over there. Like the way that they'll interrogate you and put you in camps and kill you. And they're like tons of their people are starving. Electricity, living conditions are awful. Everyone is poor. Um, even down to the culture, like they, she basically said that in North Korea, in essence, you are trained from birth that the most important thing is the state and the state leader, which is whoever. Yeah. And you're not allowed to actually love anyone else, but him, they try to regulate who you love and how you love them. So you would put the state above your family. This is like one of the things in the Gulag Archipelago where, which is a book that I read, I think a couple of years ago and. You basically go, how does it get to a point where a brother is turning in his own brother to the state? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like grooming from childhood to believe the state is more important than your own family relationships. Like something we could never understand. Well, I don't know about that. We we say that right now. Like, how did that happen? You talk about it with the Holocaust. Like, mm-hmm. with the did the Nazis know that they were being Nazis, right? right? Well, I mean, I don't know. There's some indoctrination going on right now, uh, especially when it comes to our young children and critical race theory going into yeah. place and then the indoctrination of woke wokeism mm-hmm. in the colleges and you go i don't know they could i have a lot of i got a lot of kids that i bet would turn on their parents yeah that's true i do i do think that your that, sister might have even turned on you man she might have she almost she, did but right, I that's what her, i mean if she i didn't. got her i got her brain just young enough that she she was just weak enough then i could have still taken her out but no, that's true. I think that is it. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss is the incrementalism that it takes to get you from point A to point B. And it's like, um, there was a book that was written and I don't remember the name of it. I wish I could, but it was a really good book. And it talked about basically a German, a couple a, a neighborhood of German people who turned into German soldiers during world war two. And in essence, it walked you through how you go from being a normal German citizens citizen with like a normal, you know, heart for humanity 
to taking pregnant women out in the field and shooting them in the back of the head because they're Jewish. Like it walks you through that transition and how it was like, in essence, it was like push them until they start to push back and then let off for a while. Right. So the government pushing you to do things you don't want to do until you almost crack and then they let off and they give you some time to cool down and then they push you a little further. And next thing you know, you're, you don't even recognize COVID man. It is COVID and it's critical race theory, right? Because how is it that a whole generation of kids, bless their souls, are going to grow up being racist in the name of not being racist? Like, how does that even make sense and how is that happening? But it's going to happen. I don't know. What I don't understand in the political world or just even, even normal people's brains, like, how do they, how do they come to these resolutions? How do they reconcile it in their brain? Like, what, what's their motive behind it? Like, do they really feel like they're teaching people not to be racist? Is that, is that their motivation behind it? Like when they, when they enact laws and you have these policymakers that clearly must not have children that want to give sex ed at kindergarten and you go, do you understand what kindergarten is? Like right. that is, they, those kids don't even, it's not even on their radar. Like they're right. not even thinking about that stuff, let alone sixth, well, sixth grade maybe, but like fifth grade. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I have a, fifth grader he's not it's not in his radar why are we putting it in his radar yeah why do we got to put it there so what's going through their these lobbyists heads yeah i i i've wondered that a lot too because sometimes we get into these nitty nitty gritty points and then i'm always like who is they who's running mm-hmm. the show who's execute why are they why is this massive agenda happening and like who's really at the head of it and why and it's like one person that wants to have a cause yeah maybe i don't know one person that wants to have a cause that is like willing to fight it out more than we are. We're like, if you and I had something, we're like, oh yeah, let's go for it. And then after the weekend, we're like, well, we have a job, so yeah. we're not going to lobby for that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the the best I can tell is it's political. I mean, it, it's just basically the essence of government is you get a job and you want to keep it as long as you possibly can. And the mm-hmm. way you do that is by getting votes. And the way you get votes is by getting enough people to believe in a cause and I sure know peace and harmony isn't good for politicians' careers. And so getting people to fight mm. is the best thing for it. And so, in essence, convincing large groups of people that they're oppressed is a good way to get them pissed at another group. That's as best I can come up with because I don't know why else it would be this way. Do we have enough history? When does this how, – how much time does it take for the pendulum to swing from one side to go back to the other? Dude, I don't know because it's sweet. It feels like we've been in this for a long time, but like it's just stuck. It swung up here and then it's just like stuck and it's yeah. not swinging back. It's just like caught a little hook and just mm-hmm. it's hanging there and it's yeah. Well, you know, there was a, um, a book written about the Roman empire and it said one of the things, and have you ever read any like Roman history where they, there was like a lot of homosexuality, a lot of cross dressing mm-hmm. and a lot of like, um, pedophilia. Mm hmm. Okay, so that was like obviously a thing in that era where it was like weirdly more accepted. And they said that one of the hallmarks in history of the demise... It's when they started to um, diminish gender. Diminish gender and cross sexual lines. Mm -hmm. And so I found that really interesting because I was like, well, there's one symptom. Yep, and nobody likes to hear that. I heard that and I said it to somebody the other day who was not on the same side of the fence as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, what does that have to do with anything? And I was like, well, I, 
I'm just letting you know what happened in history, right? you know, and then... Don't you hate that question? Because sometimes you're like, it's really hard to immediately go from a broad idea to like, how is that applicable in this room right now? And it's it's difficult to make that happen. Sometimes. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. Somebody just brought up that the Roman Empire fell, right? We do know that happened. Mm-hmm. And one of the correlating things, mm-hmm. you know, was that they started to just um, neutralize gender. And mm-hmm. that was that was just a factual thing that happened. So... Are there other things that happened? Maybe. Let's look at them. What are they? Right. You know? But that Everything too. starts with you have to hypothesize about something yeah. and then go, did this happen? Well, okay, we, we hypothesize about it. That did happen. So what else could be a attributing factor? Where do you hypothesize this is going to go? This The way society, the angle we're in right now, the trajectory. Well, it's weird because we're in such a global... The reason why I want to ask you about you know where we're going in the United States and what's next is I've never thought about it in this, that we're the, I know we're what, who everybody looks to as the example, but I never thought about, we're the trailblazers. Like we, th- this has yet to be discovered what the next evolution of, we had the industrial era. Now we're in the, um, prosperous era. And then what's the next era, right? Mm-hmm. The machine era or the, um, Skynet era. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's from Terminator, by the way, I guess Skynet. you're wondering. Yeah. Who, who Elon Musk is inventing. Right. So, I don't, I don't know because I've never thought about it so globalistically before. And go, mm-hmm. you know, back in our parents' generation, they don't think about it that the, the way they thought globally was probably more war than anything. But we know what's happening in other countries because the news outlets are there. We have social media. We have mm-hmm. just things can transmit so much quicker. Information's available to us and learning stuff about China and going, Oh man, they're like, they're on a pathway. We have the information. They're on a pathway to be a world power. Will they use it in a good way just to be economically prosperous? Yeah. Or will they use it in like a, okay, now we can take over stuff and we want to use it militarily. Yeah. Like that, that's what I don't know. I mean, is there, a, is there an incentive for them to take over anything? I mean, I feel like the answer is no, but I've said that for a long time that I feel like being as we're such like a global community now more than we were. Like we talked about world war two and there was like literally sex, like, uh, like everyone was like isolationist. Like America was literally knowing what was going on in Europe and going like, mm, we're not going to get involved with that. Right. Like we knew that Hitler was doing some crazy maniacal things. And we were like, not our problem until it hit our land. And then we were like, all right, now we're going to go finish this. Um, but now it's such a global scale, a global economy that I go, I don't know it's the same apples to apples comparison because now there's so much more at stake. Everybody's economics is intertwined much more deeply than it ever was. So part of me wants to go, I don't know, man. I just don't see like regular military action being the way, but I don't know. I don't want to be naive about it either because. Well, did you hear about that guy who said, you know, you hear what's going on in Cuba right now, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the, the mayor of Miami, that's what it is. He's like, maybe we should bomb him. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, maybe we should just bomb Cuba to let them know what's going on. And we haven't, when, when have we bombed somebody before? Right. It's so weird because it's like, it doesn't, it it's just got seems... everybody in a headspin going, I, why is he saying this? This guy's crazy. And, yeah. And then you're going, well, is he? I dude, the, I, I think in the beginning of the summer, I was reading a book called Demosclerosis and it was talking about exactly what we're talking about now where it's like, how do you even find that book? By the way, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that, what you're saying when you say that, but you just pick it up and you go, huh, that looks like a good read. 
I just have like a very pretty, like with economic stuff. So A, it's in the genre of economics. So that immediately is like rules most people out. Okay. And then within that, I subdivide that out. Like, I don't want to read Keynesian economics, which is like a certain version that's like Democrat. Is that a bookstore? No, it's like on Amazon or Audible or whatever. Okay. And then from there, I just peruse through titles that I go, oh, that interesting. And I read a little back thing and I go, yep, I'm reading that. This was one of them. You're like, I don't know what that means, so I'm going to read what that word well, is. Well, I read the back, and the, and the words that were saying, I was like, I get it. I want to read more about that, because it's so applicable. It's kind of an older book, actually. It's from, like, the early 90s. But What's it called again? Demosclerosis. It sounds like a disease. It, it is. It's like a play on words. It's like a democracy sclerosis. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, like, right. basically outlining how a free market democracy like America can basically evolve and evolve and evolve until eventually it gets to the point where it's like, um, what is that? Like, uh, fossilized, like it's too rigid to move anymore because government has leached on to every free market part of it and goes like they create a bureau of this and a bureau of that and a bureau of this. And there's, you can't do anything without a permit and taxation and then nothing gets done anymore and it creates complete gridlock. And then what do you do from there? And I kind of feel like we're in that stage because it does, it, I don't know. Maybe we're in the early stages of that, but I do feel like that's actually happening. And the only way that you get out of that is having a war on your lands or like a basically an economic collapse. And I go, well, that's how I really think most of this is going to end. You think it, which one do you think it's going to be? Economic collapse. Oh, okay. You don't think it's going to be war? No, I don't think anybody's in the position where they're going to want to bomb the crap out of us yet. Uh, no, like internally. Yeah. yeah. No, like, yeah. Like, I don't think. You don't outside, think we'll have a civil war? No. No. Hmm. What do you think about the, I mean, one of the things they talk about being the most controversial right now is that, um, this push for the COVID vaccine, knocking on people's doors, getting the passport, all that. Is that going to cause? I don't know, because let me ask you this. If they did this, um, what is it called? The Delta strain? Yeah. The, it, the new Delta strain. It's okay. Cool, so if, cool they, name. if they started this whole process over 2021 is the year of the Delta strain and they started trying to implement these same policies again, do you feel like people would accept it as willingly as they did in 2020? No. In what way do you think they would fight it? They would legislate against it? Would they just rebel and go, I'm not following the laws? Well, I don't know which laws you're talking about, but if they started to shut down businesses, people would be like, no, I'm not shutting my business down. Yeah, that specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like this time around we'd be more nuanced and go, no, we know this trick. We're not doing that. I feel like the majority... Would do that, yeah. So more more than in 2020 would yeah. fight it back and go, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Uh, yeah, then that's kind of my answer to the COVID vaccine question is I feel like people would be like, mm, I see you trying to push and push and push, and that's just a step too far. Yeah, but with that... The door-to-door thing. The door-to-door, which they are doing it. You know they are doing that. Who's they and where? And I don't know. I've just watched a couple of videos of people going... TikTok. Is it TikTok? You're indoctrinated by China. No, I have not actually. He's a Chinese spy. I will let you know. I will have you know. I haven't been on TikTok in over a month. Really? What? Intentionally? No. It's just like an app I have. It's TikTok um, observes your behavior or whatever, you know, and you start to watch videos and it feeds you up what it thinks you will like, but they Mm -hmm. start to get really repetitive. Oh, really? So then after a while, I'm like, oh, I I catch like two new ones in there and I go... Eh, and I've kind of been like, I'd rather be on Facebook Marketplace trying to buy something. Interesting. So you're saying the literal same videos play? 
Yeah. Not the same kind of content. Right. No. Oh, okay. Some of the oh. same videos. I'm like, dude, I, I saw this already. You know what, though, dude? Like, to me, that's a sign that we are, we're exiting our youthful years and we're entering into, like, older adult years because we're not relating to this, to, like, the technology as much. Like, you look at any 13-year-old, and I bet you all of them are on, nine, like, mostly on TikTok. And maybe a little but, bit Instagram. But you can get on Instagram Reels and you're going to get TikToks because that's all Instagram Reels are. Basically, people copy True. TikToks. It's like Instagram's copy of TikTok. Literally, people screenshot and then post it to Instagram. But still, I'm saying I think we are at that state. Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like one thing that separates us because we're not that separated in age is you're very into Facebook and I'm more into Instagram. I, I'm into both of them equally. Really? Yeah. I, was that more recent? No, dude, I am on Facebook. I've told you this. Rewind the tape. Excuse me, producer. Rewind the tape. I am on Facebook for the marketplace. I'm on marketplace all of the time. Because hmm. marketplace is the new Craigslist, which I'm also on all the time. Now, uh, Instagram for like content, I'm on it all the time. But but I'm, I'm rarely on my personal account. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Well, TikTok, I think, is the thing that. I don't relate to it either. Like I get on and I'm like, I don't really get why this is so cool. Cause a lot of it is like lip syncing and stupid dances. And no, I just see you're on the wrong, what you have to do. I haven't given enough time. You you haven't. So actually, cause I, this is where I'll defend TikTok. Okay. So he's get a on. Chinese spy. <laughs> That's the most, this is his mother software. Thing you could ever say to me, <laughs> um, get on there. Yeah. When you find a video you like, click the freaking like button on it. And then scroll through and then click another like button, like like three videos, and then you'll start getting content that you're Dude, like. You literally is- just explained how all social media software works. Yes. You like things and they feed you more of it. I know, but the difference between TikTok and Instagram is Instagram is filled with a picture of somebody you might know. Then all of a sudden a funny video that you may or may not care about. And then a picture of somebody you may or may not know. And then a picture of somebody you know. TikTok is all random videos. Mm. So if you don't like any, like if you don't like Instagram, you're like, well, eventually I'll get to somebody I know and go, oh, that's cool. Marshall's at the park with his dog. I don't care. Next. Right. Oh, look what my sister's doing. She's lifting weights. Like, you know, you're just going to go through and like the content's not that great, but at least you know the people. TikTok, you don't know the people, so you're less interested. You have to really be engaged with the video content. Hmm. So yes, take the freaking time to like some of the videos and give it a try. You're, you are you sound like a drug dealer trying to get a kid into drugs because <laughs> it's not good for me. Oh my gosh, I think I'd be really good at that. You probably would be a no. You wouldn't be a good drug. De- Excuse I me. I don't think you'd be a very good drug dealer. Why? That's I don't think you have it in you to be violent. And drug dealers I, have to be violent. Why? That's a proven fact. Watch any movie. You can't just say... Show me one drug dealer on any movie. You know movies, right? You can't just say that it's a proven fact. You need like a, out henchman. There, you need if, like a henchman. I just I have to accept that that's a proven fact. There are a lot of nice drug dealers out there, actually. <laughs> That do not that that's are not the most violent. ridiculous thing that's ever been said on this show. I don't think so. There's a lot of very nice drug dealers I, out there. I don't think so. I think what's interesting is that you just said it. it's a proven fact. You want to know what we should do? We should start doing. Do you know what irks me the most? And just recap the thing that the other person said that irks him the what, most. Oh, that's you know what bothered me the most about this entire podcast is when I'm explaining demosclerosis and I'm telling you that I think this is the stage we're at in our economy, and you very no one could see it, but I could see it dismissively looked away and scoffed like you knew for a fact we weren't there. Is that what I did? I did not like that. 
<laughs> I like that you say, hey, let in the future, let's do a segment. Yeah. And then you just did it right there. You're I just like, made a segue so that I can complain about you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember doing that. But I have heard I'm a very uh, expressive person without saying anything. I say a lot. You're, yeah, you, well, you're, I wouldn't go that far. I would say you're a very, um, you're a very dismissive person. Hmm. Dismissive is probably the appropriate word. I'm not sure about that. You express dismiss. <laughs> That's, thank you. Hey, you know what? I'll Actually, tell you what. I'll go on TikTok and I'll like a few videos if you read one of these economics books. Yeah, give me the multiple sclerosis video book and I will. I'll read it. Yeah. How are you going to give it to me though? Because it's a digital copy. That's no, the problem with paper digital copy. copies is sharing. Oh, you actually went and ordered a, a real paper. book. Because, dude, most economics books that are, like, the most valuable, they don't even do Audible. Because what do you mean valuable? Like, it's going up in like value? You will, no, like, like you will learn. It? Like, they have value. You will learn a lot from them. Like, you could read a BS, modern era, you know, Freakonomics or Keynesian Economist BS crap, and it's all over Audible because those are, like, the woke economists. But, like, the real stuff that you really want to know... It's not on Audible. You can't actually listen to it. They're old books. Well, I don't know that I want to... I wasn't asking to listen to it. I should not know if it was a digital... You know, you can read books on your phone, too. I don't. See? Okay, you got upset with my dismissive. That <laughs> the, You, like, literally let out a... <sighs> that was coming before. It and just, it, the away. timing just was lucky. <laughs> okay. Was it? Uh, well, uh, you know, real quickly, we talked about a couple episodes back about the homeless... Mm-hmm. Which I had a lot of thoughts on that that we definitely did not cover. The title was "Poor Served," but did you know that like next week they're going to start cleaning out all those camps? The like the city is. Well, yeah. Like legislate them out, or like physically go like rile physically them. go and oh, move wow. them. They're going to have people go out there a couple days beforehand and say, "Hey, these are the programs that are available to you. These are the places you can go and stay, but you can no longer be on this." this property and they're going to bring in like i guess a bunch of i don't know workers it doesn't seem like it would take much right just a law, bulldozer law enforcement and then a cleanup crew yep right this is one thing and we need to talk about this next time because i don't think today's gonna be the day but okay great you're homeless i understand you you're down and out you're hard on your luck it's not how i'd word it why do you have to have a giant trash pile surrounding your like you're already in the middle of society living their life in public, pitching a tent and having a campfire and doing your thing, whatever. Why do you also have to have a giant trash pile out in front of your tent? I don't understand it. It's like, it's not enough that they're encroaching on public land. It's also that they have to destroy it. Didn't you call me a trash panda one time? <laughs> Probably. It's all that I can think of whenever you say the word trash. But yes, you are right. I, I, it's not only just the homeless, like the tenting camp campers, mm-hmm. It's the motorhomes that look like literally there's a, there's a motorhome village that's not supposed to be there off this off ramp over their bike hazard station. It looks like one of those motorhomes vomited its insides yeah. outside well, and it's just sitting there. Dude, if you get off or go past the market street exit going northbound, yeah, on right on the right hand side, there's a big dump. It is literally two football field lengths worth of just trash. It looks like the dump. Well, we were supposed to go out and. See these people's homes, and now they're about to clean them up. So I don't know if we're going to get to do that because of your crazy schedule that you've got going on. Well, I've got big things happening. Do you? In my life. Yeah? Side hustles. Side hustles. 
I've made almost a thousand dollars. Why does side hustle sound like you're starting a prostitution ring? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It that's all I can think of. Every time you say side hustle, I'm like, uh, are you a pimp? Yeah, sounds a little sketchy. Yeah. The more I, you brought that out last time, and I remember going, yeah, it does sound. I don't know what else to call it. Extra income. There you go. Extracurricular income. Yeah. That sounds still like I'm doing something bad, though. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It sounds like a sketchy way to describe how you're making your money. Because you wouldn't just be like, oh, I do Turo, or oh, I own a coffee shop. You're like, oh, let's just call it extracurricular income. And I'd be like, "Mm, that's suspect. Hey, you know, uh, on Venmo, I don't know if you use Venmo or Cash App, which one you use? I have both. Yeah, I both. like Cash App more. Yeah, I think we've talked about that before. And mm-hmm. Venmo, I, one of my complaints is that you can see everybody's transactions, mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird. Well, I was just on there perusing, and I'm like, dang, I know a lot of people that do Turo. Oh, really? Yeah, because it literally people getting paid on there, huh. and it says Turo. I'm you like, think oh. that's just? Uh, I don't really want to talk about that too much. Do you think yeah. it's just a like a here and now thing, or do you feel like that's been going on and we just didn't know about it? I don't know. I feel like. I feel like it's a here and now thing, but it could absolutely be we didn't know about it. The only reason I think it's a here and now thing is just because of the rental availability. And so some people are maybe just trying to jump on that train going, well, I have a car. I could rent it out. Well, it's like um, I said about these marijuana shops that opened up in all around town when marijuana became legal. It's like now that there's this platform that people can rent their cars, I've j- I've seen so many people get into it even in the last like month. It's like Airbnb, right? That I can see exactly what's going to happen, which is everyone can get in and make money initially, and then it'll be come so saturated that only the people who have like a legit efficient hustle will stick it out, and everyone else will drop off. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Speaking of marijuana, you know they're trying to make it federally passed. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah. would that mean it's not a ca- it's not a cash business anymore? think so yeah Yeah. which that'd be nice right i mean there's only like 13 states that it's legal in illegal or legal legal oh really i thought it was way more widely adopted i think 13 or 23 has a three in it (laughs) either way it's less than half interesting yeah so it feels like people who are not adopting this law are a little behind the times i'm not even like into it but it's just it feels like at this point. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily like marijuana. Uh, I. I think. I, I. I think it's a gateway drug to other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it should be legal. I wouldn't put up too much of a fight for them <clears throat> to make it legal, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but you get kind of just jaded by being in a state, in surrounding states where it's just legal, and mm-hmm. then you go somewhere else, and you're like, oh, you're not allowed to do that here because everybody's all secretive about it. You're like, oh, that's. Dude, that's like not even a big deal where I'm from. Like, yeah. no, nobody cares, man. Nobody cares it, what right. you're about to do. It feels like a little bit more of an infringement on your rights, even if you don't partake. When you go to a state that's like, you can't do that. It's like, where I come from, you can. <laughs> right. You can do whatever you want. Right. I don't, but I could <laughs> yeah, I if could. I wanted to. I could but have I, crack cocaine right you now. You got to think about all those people, though, that are in prison right now. I know. For it. Well, that like, was one okay, of the big, so do I get out now? That was one of the on? big arguments with Camilla Harris, right? Was like she had imprisoned all these people and then she was, yeah. It's hypocritical. It's interesting though. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that they try to keep those laws too is because it's like, I heard this conspiracy theory, another one. Man, you are full of them today. They, I'm going to have to call this freaking show conspiracy theory. Because it's another question like why not would they to. not just widely let people out? But apparently they would have to like retry a bunch of cases or if you relax certain laws, then a bunch of people in prison are going to want to get lawyers and retestify their case mm-hmm. and they'll just clog the system up. Mm. 
system. The darn system. What am I calling this? Am I calling this America? Uh, You could. America 2.0. Sounds like one of our episodes. No. It's like, will America fall? Is America the best? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the best. I know. I think that confidently. That's why. Hey, where'd you get that sticker, by the way, on your water bottle? Uh, from a shirt that I bought. From does your shirt say seventeen seventy six? It that's like on the little pocket. Is it from the Hodge twins? I don't know what it's from. I got that's it like Instagram. their logo. Oh really? Yeah, I got. Oh it yeah, you got served up an ad. You're one of those ad junkies. Uh yeah, dude. Because when I see a sweet T-shirt that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. And was it, was it like, large or extra large? It had George Washington on it. It was XL. Okay. Yeah. It is good. it is it soft? Super soft for now. See, that's what I don't know when I'm ordering something. I want to be able to feel the shirt, and then when it comes in, it's all like boxy and. Yeah, do, and do you ever get one of those shirts? You're like, I made a huge mistake, uh-huh. and you don't even wear it. You're like trash. Yeah, it's immediately to goodwill. Yeah, yeah. That's most of my shirt buying. I just feel the shirt. I feel like now I have a closet of stuff that's about to go to goodwill. Yeah, I definitely do. I I've got a lot of old, worn out shirts. Hmm. All right. Well, I forgot to introduce us once again. So, welcome to Panini Guys Podcast. My name is Marshall. This is Aaron. Today we're going to be talking about. America. America. Welcome. 